0: Thank you for joining us for another podcast from Covenant Community Church. And now, today's message from Senior Pastor John Lofton. Amen. So if you got your Facebook uh, app there, go ahead and check in at Covenant Community Church. We could use a hashtag, c 3 Fire. So please, we are a social media friendly church. Feel free to share at will. Now, if we walk as a true believer with an unwavering tenacity to stand for godly principles, we must understand that not everyone is going to support our frame of thinking, nor are they going to support the way we live. Now, there's something. Confession is good. How many say confession is good? See, some, faith comes by what? And hearing by the word of God. So sometimes you have to say things out loud so that you can hear it. And confession is good. So you speak some things so that you can hear it. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. One of the things that I felt like the Lord wanted us to repeat in our hearing today is I am on assignment from God to make a difference in this generation. Can you say that with me? Come on. Say it with me. I am on assignment for God. Come on. Say it one more time. I am. I am. I want you to look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, you are on assignment from God to make a difference in this generation. Now turn to your other neighbor and say, neighbor, you are on assignment from God to make a difference in this generation. Listen, listen, we are not, we are. We didn't get saved and get breath and life and all of what the Holy Spirit has so that we can just come to church and plop down in a chair, get a word, and we never do anything else with it. When you got saved, God saved you for a purpose. He called you to a divine destiny. He called you for a greater thing than what you are. That's why we got to go outside of ourselves to determine what God has for us. The moment we just can focus and focus on ourselves, we get depressed where you are today is not your assignment your assignment is to do greater things for this generation can somebody say amen Amen. you are on assignment you have a God said everybody needs a God said what has God said to you for you to do you need a God said you're not going to get a God said if you're not in God's word He does not speak outside of his word. This is his love letter. See, Moses said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God shall man live. Proceeds means present tense. It's not what you read, it's what you're reading. It's not how you've lived, it's how you're living. Oh, I used to be holy, but I'm not holy today. Well, how does that work? Just because you say a prayer don't make you saved. There has to be a conversion that takes place. See, there were people in the book of Acts, they never said the sinner's prayer. But they were converted because the people saw a change in their lives. Listen, people can say a prayer, and if they never change, you never got saved. There has to be a change in your life. See, the Holy Ghost is not going to come into your life for you to stay the same. And the Holy Ghost is not going to raise anything that's not dead. Anytime you try to live, the Holy Ghost is not going to be there. But the moment you die to the flesh, then the Holy Ghost is resurrected in your body. That's why he said, if any man come after me, let him first deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. See, people don't want to deny that flesh. That's the problem. They just want to go on to the cross. See, you can't get the promises unless you go through the principle. Come on, somebody. See, everybody want to get the the promises and I want to be blessed and I want all of this and that and the other. And the Bible said that all I got to do is just sow a seed. Well, there's something else tied to sowing a seed. The Bible says you can sow a seed, but if you harbor unforgiveness in your heart, you're sowing that seed in vain. Hello, somebody. The Bible says speak to this mountain and tell it to be removed and it will be removed from you. However, that's not for everybody. Because if you're speaking to mountains and they're not moving, well, maybe you need to go back and read the whole text. Because you can't speak to a mountain if you harbor an unforgiveness in your heart. I'm just giving you Bible truth. That's all. I might be foreign, but I'm going to give it to you anyway. So just because that prophet on TV says send him $100 and all you got to do is proclaim this thing, you better watch your own lifestyle. And you don't even know that prophet, by the way. All right, since you got all quiet on me. I am on assignment from God to make a difference in this generation. This is what I speak to myself. Because generational difference makers, they are not concerned about people who continue to blindly follow the leadings of an ungodly culture and an idolatrous government. You sinking, sinking in? Oh, you got it. Okay, so let me keep on going then. So, so I have not seriously, let me just say this about myself personally. I have not seriously had an encounter with God if God has to continuously accommodate my agenda. Now, you're going to hear some deep stuff today. If God has to continuously accommodate your agenda, you really hadn't had an encounter with God. You're faking it. You, you you faking it. You're looking good. You're talking Christianese, but God don't know you. And you can fake it for a little while, but when you really need God, that's when, it, that's when, that's when the rubber meets the road. See, when you really need God, you're going to have to connect with somebody that's consecrated enough that can get a prayer through. See, that's why when I say I am privately devout and secretly holy, I'm not doing that because of you, and I'm not doing it, certainly not doing it because I'm a pastor. I'm doing it because i got to stay connected with God. And if I don't stay connected with God, my flesh will overcome what I want to do in my spirit. So as a pastor, I'm not exempt from attacks. I'm not exempt from wanting to look at women. Just because you got saved, God is not going to quit making beautiful people. And you're going to have to control your flesh. Men, Amen. ladies, Amen. right? You need to have that snap back neck. You shouldn't be looking. You're looking, you're like, oh, God. I can't even, I work in Uptown. You, but some men, <laughs> some men, they don't even have a rubber band. The rubber band is just broke. They, the neck just lay there. They running in the stub. They can't even walk straight because they too busy looking. I'm like, man, don't you know that's somebody's wife, That's somebody's daughter that you're looking at? Really? Are you that lustful? <laughs> now, the women are exempt. That right. man walked by with that Tom Ford on, and, yep. and you go, oh, Jesus. <laughs> 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 hey, man, you got to control that flesh. I'll tell you what. You, it's never going to go away. Hello, somebody. So if it's not going to go away, then we have to conquer and control it. You know, in the book of Genesis, this is not a part of my notes. I'm going to give you this one for free. Not even going to take an offering for this one. So in the book of Genesis, it gave, us a, it gave us a five-fold dominion mandate. What did he say? He said, be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth, and subdue it, right? Yes, conquer and con- control it. Subdue. Conquer and control. Conquer. Conquer. Control, conquer, control. You're not going to conquer and control anything until you learn how to conquer your own self. The first law of government is self-government. If you don't know how to govern yourself, who else can do it? Nobody but God. And even God won't do it unless you surrender. Come on, somebody. God is not going to overrule your flesh unless you surrender your flesh to him. So some people sitting back talking about you waiting on God. No, you ain't waiting on God. You just don't want to change. Can I just go ahead and tell you the truth? You just don't want to change. You ain't waiting on God. God, I'm just waiting on you to do it. God said, no, I'm waiting on you to change. I told you guys this before. If you go to Walmart down there, don't go. But if you go to Walmart down there and you buy something for $2 and you give him a $100 bill, You give him that $100 bill. Do you just walk off? What are you going back for? You're going back for your change. Why? Because what you gave them costs more than what you paid for. Well, Jesus paid the price. And what he paid for is is worth more than what you're giving him. So what Jesus Christ is doing, he's looking at you and saying, I want my change. Look at the name is neighbor, it's time to change. <laughs> you cannot get a whole resort with half commitment. <laughs> see, see, a lot of people want God to move. God, I need you now. God, I want you to move in this situation. God, I need some money for that. God, I need this house. God, I want a man. I want a woman. I want, I want, I want, I want, I want her. So many things that we want from God, but we, we half committed. And uh, Okay, do I need to explain that? Let me go on and explain it since you asked me, right? So let me, let me give you a scripture here. The Bible says in Proverbs 16 and 3, it says, commit your way to the Lord, commit your works to the Lord, I'm sorry, and your plans will be established. So let me unpack that a little bit. So I equate maturity to consistency. Oh, let me say that one more time. Uh, yeah, I know it. I know it. I know it. I know it. It's deep. It's deep. No, nah, it ain't that deep. <laughs> I equate maturity to consistency. If you are mature, you should be consistent. So what should you be consistent at? Oh, man, I'm so glad you asked me. First of all, you should be consistent with reading his word. You should be consistent in praying. You should be consistent in worshiping him. You should be consistent in your giving. You should be consistent in your church attendance. And let me add something to that. You should be consistent to your church attendance to be on time. I came to step on some toes. And my car is full of gas. I can get up out of here. Amen. But listen. Listen. That's not just for you, saints. That's for me. That's for my family. Right? We should be consistent at what we do because it's vitally important, saints of God. Listen, listen, listen to this. If you stay immature, it would never be your season. If you stay immature, it would never be your season. God is requiring us to grow. And listen, listen. The reason this is vitally important is because Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were mature enough to stay consistent, not to bow down, when everybody else in the whole nation was doing it. They had a standard, and they were willing to live a godly principle, even though everybody else was going to criticize them. Man, if you don't see the metaphor that I'm painting right here for where we are as a church, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego represents the church today. We are a church that stands by a moral compass. We are a church that are supposed to be operating in the principles of this word. As a matter of fact, it doesn't matter what I believe, but what does matter is what's written in this book. So if it's written in this book, this is what I stand by. This is the only thing that's going to change you. The Bible says that that man shall not live by bread alone. But what? Every word. I said that earlier, right? Do you know Jeremiah said, thy words were found, and I did eat them, and thy words was like joy and rejoicing to my soul. That is the word of God. The word of God is vitally important to us today. Now, listen, there are a lot of people who try to quote scripture that don't study. If you roll up on me like that, then I might sit you down for a Bible study. But if I'm not studying it myself, then I don't even know what's in the word for me. I know what's in this word. I can take you to it and show you. But listen, I would rather be your friend so that you can see that these principles are operating in my own life first. See, therefore, I have to remove the plank. So first things of God, before we start pointing fingers and being judgmental, we need to make sure that that same finger that you point, you got four fingers coming back at you. So we got to make sure that we're living it first. We got to make sure that we're loving first. Hello, we got to make sure that we're forgiving first. Amen. Now, listen. Let me just let me clean it up. Clean it up. Let me clean some stuff up. So, because people take my stuff and then they reword it and they make it sound something that ain't what it is. What it is now, it is what it is, and ain't what it ain't. Don't make it what it is. isn't. amen. I go yeah. So listen. So listen. Jesus Christ loves us. It's unconditional. Is the word called agape. It's the Greek word that says he loves us unconditional. We as human beings cannot agape. I don't care how much we like somebody. I don't care how much we love somebody. You cannot agape anybody. That's God's kind of love. The only way we can experience a snippet of agape is we got to be deeply in him. And he shows us glimpses of what that love is like. You know how he shows us? He shows us as parents. Uh-huh. As a parent, I cannot agape my daughter, but I'll die for her. How many of you that, that uh, I was having a conversation with uh, Sister Chastity uh, this morning, and she was telling me about Dinah when she was born, and, and, and she was born with a hole in her heart, and how she said she would look at her and, like, want to just, Can God just? Can I just? Can you just replace her with me? Anybody would do that, right? As a parent, you don't want your baby sick, right? You say, God, just put it in me. Whatever it is, God, put that cancer in me. Walk down the cancer ward at the Levine Children's uh, Hospital. And you see these children, they're just trying to make it, and they got a smile on their faces, right, Erica? You are in the cancer ward every week, and you see these, these kids in there. Sometimes the parents can't be there, and these children are trying to hold on. And if you've never had chemo before, chemo is some, is some dangerous stuff. When I was going through my cancer and I would meet people doing chemo, man, and I would see how draining it was and how sick they were. I had just come from getting my radiation, but at least I could stand on my feet. At least I can still carry a conversation. But they were so sick, they didn't even want to eat. And God showed me, no matter where you are, it can always be worse. And sometimes we're going to have to pray for somebody else so that we can get the release. Talk to me, somebody. moment we focus on ourselves. That's when we can't get the breakthrough. So listen, no matter where you are right now, and I don't, I don't t- tend to know where people are right now, but it can be worse. I'm telling you right now, it can be worse. You, you, I, I don't have money to pay for this, but you still got a house to live in. I work in Uptown. We see homeless people everywhere in Uptown. Everywhere, homeless. Now, just because they're homeless don't make them ignorant people. There's some homeless people that will quote the scriptures better than you. They'll sit you down and teach you something. <laughs> Telling you that right now, that break down that word on you. And if you're wrong, they'll tell you, no, nah, that ain't in the Bible, son. <laughs> just because people are homeless, don't, don't make them dumb, don't make them stupid. Some of them legitimately have psychological issues. But some of the stuff they've been through, you might be crazy too. Hello. Amen. Some of us are just a banana peel away from being homeless. Hello somebody. So we got to get deep into this word. And this is, this is not for the for the pastors. This is for everybody in the church. Hello. Amen. So Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, they were committed to God and was willing to prove it by taking whatever punishment necessary. For standing on godly principles in the midst of a godly, godless nation. They stood when nobody else would. This is exactly where we are today, saints. We must make a decision based on godly principles as it relates to everything that we do today, including this election. We're not voting for a pastor, but we need to vote according to principle. No pastor can tell you who to vote for. That's a personal choice. But it's my job to give you the facts. That's why we have voter guides out there. I want every family to take a voter guide. Because I don't care what you've said. I want to know what you've done. And the voter guide is non-biased. It's not a Republican thing or a Democratic thing or a Libertarian thing. Otherwise, I wouldn't give it to you. But it will tell you what people have voted for and on in the past. And if it's ungodly principles that they voted for, that's not a person I'm going to vote for. Period. You do what you want with the voter, guys. It's my job to give you the facts. But you cannot complain about what you permit. You mark my words, because I will be repeating them. You cannot complain about what you permit. We all are going to face opposition if you stand on godly principles. The three Hebrew youth, they stood for what was right and they were persecuted. Moses stood for God, and the people were ready to stone him. Daniel stood for God, and he was thrown in the lion's den. Jeremiah stood for God, and he was criticized for the message of God. John Baptist stood for God, and he was beheaded. Peter stood for God, and he was crucified upside down. John, who wrote the gospel of John, stood for God and they threw him in a cauldron of boiling oil. And when that didn't kill him, they exiled him to the Isle of Patmos in the Aegean Sea over there in uh, Greece by himself away from his family because he stood for God. And it was there where he wrote the book of Revelation. Jesus stood for his father and he was crucified on Calvary. So you mean to tell me if we stand for God that everything is going to be easy? If it wasn't easy for them, then it's not going to be easy for us. I'm trying to prepare you that persecution should come. But are you ready for it? If it does not come, you might need to check how you're living. I expect persecution to come to me. Why? Because I'm going to stand on the word of God regardless. Listen, a law is not going to stop me from preaching. They're going to have to lock me up. And I'll preach in jail. i get people saved in jail. Look, they locked up Paul. They locked up Peter. But let me tell you something, saints of God. When they locked Peter up, an angel came and touched him in his side, and he escorted Peter out of the jail. Don't you know God will do the same thing again today? If you trust God with it. Man, you can't shut God up. You try. Even if you try. Jeremiah tried it. He said, I'm not going to preach anymore. I'm just not going to preach the word of God. People criticizing me. I'm sick of every last one of them. And Jeremiah said, I couldn't stop. Because it was like fire. Shut up in my bones. See, let me tell you something. Man, there should be something about every Christian. If you don't go to church, if you don't read the word, if you don't pray, there should be something inside of you that catches on fire. Say, I got to go to church. I got to read the word. I got to pray. I'm losing my fire. I don't want to lose my fire. I want to be so on fire that if you get around me, you catch on fire. Burn your little behind up. I want to be hot like the fiery furnace. That if you ain't living right, something inside of you burns inside of your heart. Because there's such a consecration on the life of a Christian, you can't keep living like you're living. But we got to love hard, too. Amen? And see, I love hard. That's why I preach hard. Amen? Glory to God. So persecution is coming, saints of God. So listen, this this is what got us stuck last Sunday. And they saw these men whose bodies the fire had no power. The hair of their head was not singed, nor were their garments affected, and the smell of fire was not on them. See, this is this is them coming out of a fiery furnace that actually burned up two men that was escorting them into the fire. So, so this is the aftermath, that when they came out of the furnace, they came out of the fire, they came out of the situation, they came out of the vicissitudes of life, they came out of a tumultuous lifestyle, and nothing that was on them told everybody else that they had been in. As a Christian saints of God, we are going through the fire. There is going to be persecution. It's not how you go in, but it's how you come out. Three things we noticed. We're going to do the first two because we talked about them already. The fire had no effect on their bodies. Isn't that amazing? Write this down. If God does not deliver you from the fire, he will make you fireproof in it. Hello, somebody. Because they didn't pray for God to take the fire away. Let me just let me go back a little bit. Their prayer was not for God to take the fire away. Their prayer was God is able to save us. But listen, listen, listen. You got to hear this part. Then they said, but even if he doesn't, whoa, that's why your faith kicks in. Because I prayed, but even if God doesn't respond to my prayer, I pray, I still love him anyway. Job said, though he slay me, yet will I trust in him. You trust God anyway. You trust God when things are good. You trust God when things are bad. You trust God when he writes a check for you. You trust God when it's the last day and you don't have it. See, trusting God is not when everything is good. You got to learn to trust God when all hell is breaking loose in your life. And the doctor did say cancer. The doctor did say lupus. The doctor came in and said, You got three months to live. That's when you got to trust God, anyhow. Are you with me today? Check this out. Fireproof doesn't mean the fire will never come. It means that when the fire comes, you won't get burned. <laughs> I'm telling you right now, the fire is coming. So what are you going to put on to get protected? Because the Bible says we need to put on the Lord Jesus. Mm -hmm. You might put on some Versace, but it ain't going to save you. You might look good, but you might look good going down. The second thing we noticed was their hair was not singed and their garments were not affected. They are coming out of the fire, saints of God. Isaiah says, like, there's no weapon formed against us shall be able to prosper. But listen, saints, the the critical thing there is it didn't say that the weapon would not be formed. Did you catch that part? Uh It said no weapon that is formed against you. So therefore, the weapons are formed. You will be attacked. But it will not prosper. But I got to teach you a little something here. The only way that it does not prosper is if you don't give in to it. Amen. See, a lot of people quote that scripture and they put everything on God. Well, God, you said no weapon formed against me shall be able to prosper. Ha? So no matter what I do and what I go into, God, you got me covered. Ha? Now, uh-uh, no, he don't. Because there are some places that you're going into might not be God's choice. You got to know his will. And if you don't know his will, then you're going to go your own way. And the only way that's important is Yahweh. You got to go his way. And if you go his way, the weapon that is formed won't be able to prosper. Why? Because God's got your back because you are obeying his word. See, let me tell you something. The way that you validate, how many of you have gotten a prophetic word over your life? How many have gotten a prophetic word over your life? Somebody just came up to you, and they just gave you a word, right? And you knew it was God because you couldn't stop crying, right? You knew that person didn't know you from Adam. And they gave you a word, and you went, my God, boy, that's my word. And you was trying to to maintain yourself. You was like, man, I don't want to feel like jumping, but, boy, that's what I've been waiting on. So you get a word like that, right? So don't you know that you validate that word through your obedience? And if you're not obedient, that word is not validated. Now, now, listen. And when I say obedient, I'm not talking about obedient to the word. I'm talking about obedient, period. You get a prophetic word and God says you need to get out of that relationship. But God, <laughs> I better move on. I felt Y'all feel that? Y'all feel that? Y'all feel I better move on, boy. Somebody get ready to throw some tomatoes. But God, I love them. <laughs> I believe I am, ain't lying. I don't know why. This is out there, man. I don't know why. But the Bible said the kingdom of God suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. Force, right so so listen saints of god we are going to have to be tenacious about walking with the lord but let me break down the scripture for you. let me read it in the, in the new living the new living says the kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing and violent people are attacking it that's actually what the scripture means wow. we are advancing but let me tell you something the enemy only attacks when you advance he does not need to attack you when you're retreating That's why when you read Ephesians chapter 6, there is no equipment to protect your back. Why? Because we are never to turn our backs on the enemy. We are always to face our enemy. But that's not enough. We should be attacking the enemy like David. The Bible said David ran after Goliath. He didn't just sit back. He went after something that was bigger than him because he had a great big old God. Goliath looked and said, what you going to do, little boy? (laughs) David said, yeah, you come at me with a, a sword and shield, but I come at you in the name of the Lord. You see, that name is greater than any name. When you put the name on it, when you say the name of Jesus, Every knee has to bow. Every tongue must confess that Jesus is Lord. I don't care who you are. You can say Buddha all day long. You can say Harry Krishna all day long. You can say Elijah Muhammad all day long. You can say Muhammad all, ain't no power in those names. The only reason I know that is because when people want to use a, a, use a name in a derogatory way, you don't hear people say, oh, Buddha. You don't never hear about say, oh, Muhammad. Why? Because it ain't no power in that name. But the only name by which men can be saved is the name of Jesus. That's why people use that name in a derogatory way. And I'm telling you, saints of God, don't just throw out the name of Jesus because it's convenient. Because when you need it, it won't be there for you. I don't loosely say the name of Jesus unless I really need him to come through for me. Somebody cut me off and there we go. We say the name of Jesus loosely. You better respect that name because you're going to need that name. Now, now, let me, let, me, let me just say this. I don't know where everybody is in this church as it relates to your relationship with Jesus Christ. But I will tell you this. At some point, everybody is going to hit a wall. And I hope at that point you will remember this message about truth. Because I was one of the biggest heathens. But when I ran into truth... I had to drop my God of liquor and get a true and living God. Amen. And he changed my life forever. Can somebody say amen? amen? That was number two. Check this out. There will always be violent opposition leveled at people who stand for truth. <laughs> if you ain't speaking nothing, anybody's going to oppose you. But if you're speaking some truth, there's going to be vital opposition. All right, here's the third one. This is what I've been trying to get to. They didn't smell like smoke. Now, this is vitally important, saints of God. The devil can't take you through anything God can't protect you through. They did not smell like smoke. Now, everybody has gone through something in this place. Somebody uh, has gone through a bad marriage. But because you chose to use that as a platform to help other marriages, you didn't smell like smoke. There are people right here in this church. Maybe you have been violated uh, when you were younger, but you chose to use that in a way to help other victims conquer what they're going through, and at that moment, you don't smell like smoke. There are other people who may have started a business, and you failed at it. But you started another one and you're successful at it and you got somebody that God has brought across your attention to come and talk to you. And you can say, yeah, yeah, I understand because I failed before, too. And you didn't allow that failure to stop you from capitalizing on your future. You, you, you don't smell like smoke. Amen. See, see, because you smell like smoke if people do things to you, but you don't forgive them. That, that You smell like smoke. Why? Because you're still locked up in your past, and you're trying to figure out how, why you haven't capitalized on your future. See, your past got you locked down. Apostle Paul said, before I can grab a hold to my future, he says, I got to forget those things that are behind me so that I can press towards those things before me. But if your hands are full of the past, you can't grab your future. And we got to stop living our lives in the rearview mirror. you living your life going forward, but you keep looking back. Hello, somebody. So if you smell like smoke, listen, forgiveness is not for the other person. Forgiveness is for you. I said this last Sunday, forgiveness is like you drinking poison and you expecting the other person to die. That's when you harbor unforgiveness. Uh They violated you. Yes, it was wrong. Yes. But if you harbor unforgiveness, it's not hurting them. It, come on, somebody. It's hurting you because the Bible said that it'll spring up and trouble you because it becomes a root of bitterness. And no words to be around a bitter person. Oh, I can't stand being around bitter people. Oh, glory. I don't know about you, but bitter people, it doesn't matter what something, how good something is. They always find something next. They bought a new house. Well, they probably won't be able to afford it. They got a new car. Yeah, no, they ain't need no new car. It was nothing wrong with the other car they had. It was drivable. It only broke down on them 10 times in two weeks. They they bought some new shoes. I don't know what was wrong with the shoes they had. Don't be pointing at my shoes because I'm going to wear some nice shoes. The church don't pay for my shoes. I work for my shoes. Praise God. You know what I'm saying? You buy a new suit. I don't know why they bought a new suit. The last suit they had was good. All they had was a couple of holes in them. That's that's negative. That's the kind of stuff will drain you. You know, you go to somebody and say, you know, I'm so happy. I'm getting ready to get married. I don't know why you're getting ready to get married. You know folks don't stay married. (laughs) What? You just can't be happy. You know, God has blessed my business. He's gave, He gave me more people. Man, my business is growing. I, I, see, you better watch them, folks. They probably ain't going to stay in your business anyway. What? I'm just trying to be happy about what God is doing in my life. But because you're so bitter, you can't be happy for somebody else. The Bible said rejoice with those that rejoice. Come on, somebody. Glory. That's what I'm talking about. I'm happy when people get blessed because I might be in my winter, but I know I'm not going to stay in my winter if you are in your summer. Glory! I'm going to be happy because I'm not going to stay in winter. My summertime is coming. Somebody say it's coming. Tell you, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. You might not have a check right now, but it's coming. It's coming. You might not be healed right now, but it's coming. Somebody say it's coming. Somebody shout it's coming. You might not have the house right now, but it's coming. You might not have the car right now, but it's coming. Yeah. Come on, somebody. Somebody shout, it's coming. coming. I envision my checking account having a million dollars. It might not be there right now, but it's coming. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Bless the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. See, sometimes you got to get your faith all built up. See, Paul says, stir up the gift that's within you. See, if you don't stir up the faith that's in you, I can't help you. You got to have faith for yourself. You got to grab stuff for yourself. You got to reach out for something for yourself. Can't nobody else grab what belongs to you. You want to lift your hands and say God is coming, God is coming. Glory, glory, glory God is coming it's coming it's coming it's coming my stuff is coming I don't, I don't know about you but my stuff is coming I'm getting my stuff and listen don't you don't you dare get jealous when I get my stuff because I told you to grab what's yours you better get what's yours so you don't get jealous of somebody else! Oh, glory to God. It's coming It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. Let me tell you something when I laid on that doggone table getting all that radiation I said God my body is not healed, but I know it's coming. I-, I Might be weak right now, but I know my healing is coming You were sitting on that table getting all of that chemo in your body. You knew you weren't healed then, but you knew it was coming Somebody shout, it's coming. It's coming, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. It's coming, coming. I'm telling you. Your peace is coming. Your joy is coming back. Come on, somebody. You don't have to stand around and be depressed. Grab a hold of your joy. Whoa! Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Stir it up inside of you right now. Get your faith stirred up. I ain't sitting around broke and depressed. Oh, no, I'll leave that for somebody else. Oh, no, 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 no. no. Broke is a mindset. Hello, somebody. Uh-uh, uh-uh. Listen, listen. Go, go to the mall and look at something you know you can't afford. Change your perspective. Go to that car dealership and look at something you know you can't afford it. But it's coming. Mm -hmm. Start looking at house plans. It's coming. Mm -hmm. If you don't change your... If you don't don't change this mindset, you're only going to get what you visualize. And if you visualize everything that's broke, that's why you broke. God will give you an idea. God will give you a song. God will give you a book. Why you're not writing it? Why you're not singing it? What has God put in you? Let me tell you something. I'm way off message now. I don't care. But listen here. The, the man Moses, when God called Moses to do greater things, he told Moses, you're getting ready to change a generation. Yeah. Moses wanted to complain about His weaknesses. Come on, somebody. And Moses went to God. He said, God, I can't can't, can't speak. I can't speak, Lord. I got a speaking impediment. And God looked all around his weaknesses, and he asked Moses, what is that in your hands? Let me tell you, somebody, you got something in your hands. Stop worrying about your weaknesses and grab a hold of what's in your hands. God has placed something in everybody in this church. It's a gift. He gave it to you. What are you going to do with it? Are you going to sit on it? because if you sit on it, you're going to be jealous when somebody else is operating in their gifts. See, we don't have time to be jealous, saints of God. It's time for us to be armed and dangerous. It's time for us to advance the cause of Christ. See, we don't use grace to get out of trouble. Jesus had grace, but he never used grace to get out of sin. We use grace to advance the cause of Christ. We got too many people using grace just to get out of sin. I know I messed up, but God loves me anyway. At some point He's going to turn you over to yourself And you're going to have a reprobated mind And you, that's a person who keeps doing wrong Even they know that what is right But you keep on doing wrong You keep doing wrong and God says I love you But you keep doing wrong God said come on to me You keep doing wrong He said come unto me those that are heavy laden and weak And I will give you rest But at some point God said okay I'm turning you over to yourself You can keep doing those things that are hurting you But I'm not going to come and save you Until you surrender to me That's where we are right now. And we have to surrender each and every day. Somebody say it's coming. We. We. Yeah. Glory, glory, glory. Come on, somebody. See, that's a person that knows it's coming. See. She got a face stirred up right now. Cause she knows it's coming. Don't worry about her getting hurt. You need to get yours! Wow! Glory, 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 glory! Wow, Jesus! Glory, glory, glory! Glory, 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 glory! You've been blessed by today's powerful teaching. Thank you for your continued prayers and financial support of this ministry. Visit us in person at 5805 West Highway 74 in Indian Trail, North Carolina. That's near Lowe's Hardware. Or you can find us on the web at www.changeatc3.org. That's change, C-H-A-N-G-E-A-T-C, the number 3.org. Or call us at 704-821-7368. Covenant Community Church, where the truth is revealed.